Hi, everybody. This is Mike Oppenheim, and you are listening to Coffin Talk, interviews with the living, a weekly podcast that explores how our views on death affect the way we live our life. This week, we have Mr. Mark Nelson on the show, and Mark is a talented psychic medium who discovered his ability following the murder of his father. His father appeared to him after the funeral, and Mark asked him to stay away. However, 25 years later, his father returned, showing Mark that he could see and hear spirits. Now Mark works as a psychic medium and a paranormal investigator. His wife is also um, psychic and has sensitivities, but she's unable to attend the show today, so we might have her on in the future, but it's okay because we have a lot of questions to ask Mark alone without Barbara, so uh, hopefully it'll work out. Mark, how's it going? I'm good, buddy, and just so you know, uh, there's a million Mark Nelson, so uh, I go by my middle name, too, so that makes it very fancy, <laughs> but actually it makes it so you can find me, you know, Mark Christopher Nelson. No worries at all. And speaking of uh, your name and all that, how old are you? Where did you grow up? And what generation, if any, do you consider yourself a member of? Oh, uh, well, I'm uh, a baby boomer. I'm in my early 60s. And believe it or not, yeah, I can't believe it. And uh, it just happens to you. And I, let's see, what else can I tell you? I started out as a, a writer. I worked in advertising, wrote on a bunch of big campaigns. And then one night, took a walk, and I heard uh, someone speaking to me. And that kind of transformed my life. It was not the beginning of schizophrenia, but rather an introduction to uh, mediumship as an adult. Wow, that's fascinating. And just real quick for our biography information, uh, where did you grow up? What area? I grew. I was born in Brooklyn, New York, lived in New Jersey. Then my uh, stepdad moved us to La La Land. So we lived in L.A. for a while, and now I currently reside in North Carolina. Wow. Okay, cool. Um, so we're going to get to the many details of your story, I think it would probably make the most sense from the point of intrigue for our audience, at least, uh, to get into your first line of your bio, which is that your father was murdered, which is, you know, obviously terrible, and I'm sorry to hear that. Um, do you mind explaining that? Yes. Well, my dad, um, he's the father of six kids. I was the oldest. He, we lived in southern Jersey, and his mother had stroke. So he went into the city. Uh, his car broke down. And he ended up walking into the wrong bar while the car was being repaired. It turned out to be a, um, a notorious mafia hangout. He got into a fight with someone from the Gallo family. Uh, they're notorious murderers. And uh, he was stabbed and shot to death. And we didn't know about it until the following morning. And so it was really just uh, one of the worst moments of my life. But uh, it's you know, you, I, what you talk about is how uh, the living deal with the afterlife. Well, um, it was a, a, an abrupt change in our lives. And then about a month later, after his funeral, uh, I was out, you know, raking leaves, trying to be a kid and trying to uh, do the normal things uh, and trying to act like everything was fine, even though it wasn't. And I saw my dad standing in the driveway and, and I thought, all right, I'm losing my mind. I don't know what this is. I don't know how to react to it. I'm 11 years old. I just wasn't used to, I wasn't prepared for this. And he basically looked happy. He said, I'm okay. You will be too. And then he disappeared. Wow. And it uh, kind of altered my life a lot. Yeah, I'm sure it did. How old were you at the time? 11. 11. Wow. I mean, that's just such a hard age to deal with anything. Um, wow. And so, uh, he said, everything's okay. I'm good. And your life's going to be fine. Did you leave with like a feeling of like, um, 
Like, was that consoling or did you leave terrified? I was consoled and confused. I mean, I was, I mean, I wanted more of him. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't imagine the, the, the desire to see your dad again and to want him to be there. But then to recognize I was at the funeral, I, I saw him. And then I really, I mean, I didn't see him in the coffin, but I saw, then I saw him again standing in front of me and then he disappeared. And it was, um, no one really prepares you for that. Another thing too, is that uh, if you, I mean, losing a parent is never easy, but if let's say you have an older parent and they, you get a, a message that they're sick, they're having a problem, they're not in good health, they can give you some preparation for it. But we were utterly unprepared because he was a very strong 33 year old. You know, so yeah, wow. Oh, that's so tough. Um, and so you you flash forward to having a stepdad moving to Los Angeles and all that. But in in the bio, you said it was really twenty five years later that he returned again, right? So you were thirty six. Is that correct? Yeah, something like that. Yes, exactly. And what had happened was, is I was just taking the walk after a stressful day at work, and I'm just thinking, I wish my dad though could have met my wife. He would have had fun. He would have made her laugh. Um, met our daughter. We just bought a house. You know, life was happening. And then I got this message. I have heard that. I have met them. I have seen them. And it's like, all right, well, if this is not schizophrenia, not schizophrenia, tell me something I don't know. And he did. He said, your brother Glenn is surrounded by green ivy and white walls. It's like, I have no idea what that means. It's like spy talk, <laughs> you know, uh, S words. And so, but I called my mom and I said, I kind of couched it differently. I said, mom, I was having a dream and Glenn showed up and he was surrounded by green ivy and white walls. And then mom said, that's funny. He just got a job at a, uh, a floral shop called the green ivy and it has white walls and green ivy. So it's like, all right, I'm getting a message. I don't know if I can do this again. And so started taking more walks and, and basically saying, dad, if you have something else for me, tell me. He did tell me more. And then after that, I realized, okay, I'm, I'm, I've got a connection cooking with my, my dead, my dad. He's not dead when I talk to him. He's, he's my dad uh, in spirit. And so but I was curious, can I do this outside of this experience? And so um, I went to a local uh, psychic bookstore and I said, I think I'm psychic. Can I, this is not the way to do it. Exactly. I mean, it worked for me. Yeah. But yeah, this is not your typical approach. This is stumbling into psychic living. Mm -hmm. And so I, I walked in. I said, I think I'm psychic. Can I try reading someone? And the owner of the shop said, well, you can read me if you want. And so I kind of did my thing. I basically clear my head and my mind. And I try to get in a relaxed state where I'm alert. and uh, But listening. And then I get this visual of her son getting beat up and... Her son, this woman, I didn't write, well, I think, and so I tell her, I see that you have a son, and he looks like a teenager. Yes. Okay, it looks like some other, like, gang of kids beat him up, and he's at home uh, convalescing, and your dad is looking out for him. Does that make sense? She goes, yes. Would you like to work for us? It was kind of that abrupt. You know, so, oh, okay. So I guess I can do this. And And really, like, how do you know until you kind of, you know, leap into the great unknown. So people who are trying to figure out whether they're psychic, I'd say, hey, you know, listen, um, see if there's someone who you can read for and or validate the messages that you're receiving. So I started working in this gift store 
And then I started to get busy. And then I thought, you know, I wonder if I could just do this at home. It's a hassle going to the store. But then, uh, so I didn't want people always in the house. So I wondered, I took another chance. I guess, let's see if I can read on the phone. Turns out I could. So after reading on the phone, I started to um, go back out in public and do like events. And at one point, I was doing platform reading, which is like reading for a group. Mm-hmm. And someone who was a paranormal investigator said, do you think you could get stuff, get information messages in a home with some history? And it's like, uh, I think so. I don't know. Let's try it. It's almost like finding out, hey, I can sing a little. Can you sing jazz? Can you <laughs> sing uh, opera? Geez, I don't know. Let me see. And so I did. And it was really interesting. I went to this house and I started to see events and it felt familiar in doing it in this way. So that's what I did. I, I started to hear about, um, you know, like, uh, remember this one place, made it was a, a pretty abrupt introduction to it. Um, someone wanted me to uh, go to a, um, what I would call a cattle call for psychics in Los Angeles. And so uh, some former client recommended me and gave my name to the production company. I went in. So they brought me into this one room where there's, uh, there was something, I mean, they said something happened here. And they had covered up all the photos, the walls, and I'm walking around going, oh, God, there was a, a drug deal gone bad. The mother of the house here got was killed and was, was stabbed. And then I walk over, over here. And so that turned out to be accurate. And so, um, but then I started working with a wonderful group with someone who's interested in Pacific Coast Paranormal. Uh, they've been around for decades in the Ventura area, Ventura, California. And um, I started going with them regularly along with my wife. <coughs> and so Barb and I, we, we've coined the term the Paranelsons. We're a Paranelsons and we're the Paranelsons. So uh, that, that's just how that worked out. So uh, the way it goes now is we go out and investigate. Um, we don't advertise it because we're not ghostbusters and Mm-hmm. While I charge for readings, we don't charge for investigations because it's kind of a way to give back. Mm-hmm. And I, it's hard to quantify. All right, if I, you know, there are people too far away to, to I mean, it isn't really going to be cost effective, but we like the idea of being of help and service. So uh, we'll go to different places and see what we get. And then the objective, of course, is to clear a home or to find out is anybody here? Is this your imagination? Is this uh, bad electrical in your house? Is there uh, a very fair question? Are you mentally ill? You know, you <laughs> yeah. say it in a nice way, mm-hmm. you know, but you got oh, no, there's no ghost, but you're not really dealing uh, with a full deck, as my mom would say. Yeah. Okay, so. I mean, it, it seems to me like I do a lot of research in this. I just uh, had a book published where it's fiction, but it's about a psychic, and it's based on my experiences, and... Uh, what I find in talking to psychics, because uh, I did a lot of research, and a lot of them, to be very honest, were charlatans. They just were, and it was obvious, but not all of them were. And so I feel like thanks to the way you know culture works, especially in America, we tend to throw the bathwater out with the baby. So it's it's refreshing to hear you go over these other things, because of course there's an Occam, Occam's razor to a lot of situations, and of course not everything is going to be the, the fantastical. But um, I am curious, have you ever like accidentally slipped into mediuming or psychic ability when you didn't want to? Like, does it ever 
like come unprovoked and then you have to kind of shun it or is it something that you have to focus on and try to do? Well, usually I'm, I'm going with the purpose to use my ability. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there have been rare instances and also too, I'm not the first one probably to say this, but I don't drink in divine. So, but I was at a party and having a couple of drinks. Um, and this woman comes to me, I mean, like I'm talking to her at a party with my wife and then all of a sudden I'm getting these messages and it's just like, Right in my face. Okay. And I got to ask, do you know anything about this? Does that name may mean something to you? Well, yes, it does. Okay. Well, um, uh, this may, all right, here's, I work as a psychic medium and I'm getting this message. But by and large, though, if I'm walking out in the grocery store, I'm thinking about, do they have organic cauliflower? <laughs> I'm not thinking about, does the kid you know, over there know that he's going to have a, a car accident? I mean, I don't, I, I, I really, you know what it's like? It's almost the difference between, looking up close at something and reading it in the, in, you know, online or a, how about a, you know, a just, just small type on something and then looking out in the distance. Mm-hmm. It's about shifting your focus. It's about, I'm looking up close for one thing and I'm seeing now I'm looking out further for something else. That makes a lot of sense. And do you, do you think, um, I keep switching cause I, it's, it's interesting to meet someone. I, most people I know who, are like you, they are both. They are a medium and they're psychic. And I consider the two to be very separate in at least my mind and my mindset. Um, Because one has to do with the living and one has to do with people who have crossed over. So I am curious, do you, do you feel like all humans can do both? Do you feel like some people can only do one or the other? Like, do you feel like it's just a dormant skill that, or not even skill, but just like a dormant quality to a human's mind and consciousness? Hey everyone, if you're a fan of the show, please head over to MikeyOp.com and click the subscribe button. It's the best way to support us, and it's free. That's M-I-K-E-Y-O-P-P.com. Thanks. Um, my sense is that people, um, if, if my dad hadn't died, I might not have really paid attention to it. Mm-hmm. But under uh, circumstances often you know, bring someone's skill to the forefront. You know, you don't know that you're psychic, and then you're in a situation where someone in spirit says, you know, he really needs to hear this. I'm going to grab his attention in a big way. The difference is, is that when someone um, doesn't know that they're psychic and then an event occurs where it's like they're told, don't go in that car or you're getting a bad feeling about being here or you really should call your mom. People who sometimes act on that are rewarded or, or given information that can be very uh, important to their life, and, um, or just a small thing. But I, I'd like to think that most people are psychic. And again, I'm going to use the singing analogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a terrible singer, but Mike, if you paid for endless lessons, I might not be horrible. But um, I don't know really what I'm doing when I'm singing. I just kind of like, I mean, if I'm in church, I'll sing a little. I'll try to do what I can. But it's generally pretty not helpful. I'm not um, elevating anyone's energy through my but if I was shown, I could do it. The same, I think, is true. And then there's some people that are just, they just born, they're born singing in the shower. They're, you know, pitch perfect. They, they, everything works for them. And I think that the psychic work is like that. Um, one, one other thing, too, is that uh, I know people that they're, they don't, they're not aware of it until, say, they have a car accident or something huge happens. I've heard a number of people who are psychic that have had uh, near-death experiences. And in this uh, situation, this 
personal crisis, they become aware of other information and other ways of seeing the world around them. And so it can often happen or be triggered by something like that. Well, I mean, that makes total sense to me. And then, um, and we are going to segue into a little bit of a metaphysical conversation after this, <clears throat> for those of you listening at home. But I'm also curious, do you ever, and I ask this because it, it's happened to me in, in multiple situations, but are you ever unable to perform when someone's like paying you like a client or are you unable to get the information they want? And how do you deal with that if that happens to you? Okay, it has happened um, a few times in the course of a couple of decades of work. Uh, usually I'm able to get something and I start, it, it feels like I'm peeling an onion. I can start out and it's like, sometimes I mean, I'm like dead on spot for them and they, the, the clients are happy, but there've been other times where uh, I'm not a perfect instrument. I mean, we all, a game of telephone is real. You receive a message and occasionally you botch it up because you're a human being. So I would say in those very rare occasions I've given back, you know, hey, I'm not working. To, it's not working tonight for me. I'm too distracted. So in order to avoid that, I always take, say, a, a good half hour of prep time before, give or take, um, before I, I'm reading. And I, I allow myself to drift because truly, if I'm not uh, getting, so, it, it, if it weren't for my, all of the help on the other side, I would just be a guy sitting here with a dumb look in my face. Truly, mm -hmm. you know, I get messages because and then, you know, you made you made a good point earlier. What is the difference between a medium and a psychic? Well, all uh, psychics are all mediums are psychics, but not all psychics are mediums. <laughs> I like that. You know, it's, it's really the case. And that my uh, let's say if I was to read for you, I'm not really ready to do that at the moment. But if I was ready to read for you, you were a client. Uh, a lot of the times it'll be. Your grandmother shows up. She says, this this is going to happen or that's going to happen. Also, too, I believe that we have guardian angels and guides. Mm -hmm. And they guide, And also, to my belief, my understanding is that angels were never human. But your loved ones on the other side can introduce you to what might be considered an angel uh, or a spirit guide. I, I, most of the time, 90% of the time, I'm dealing with someone's guides and or uh, someone that is on the other side who left them. And, and who is the person that has a guide? This is a question I ask a lot of guests differently, but since we're already in the middle of this, you know, you've kind of already jumped over the main question of the podcast, which is what do you think happens when you die? And I, I would assume your answer is you don't, or at least some form of you doesn't. But uh, am I, Mike, like really the person in charge or is there guardian angels and my soul and Mike is just like a part of a soul. Like, do you have a theory on that? Do you have any evidence or knowledge about that from your experiences? Well, my experience is um, that I believe in reincarnation. And like I said, I, while well, I was raised Catholic and a Christian, a little both. Uh, and so I was raised with the idea that you get one shot, do something good with it. But when I'm, I was reading for people and I'm getting these messages. And so I asked, where are you? Like the person, I, I think it was my dad who, who was giving me messages. And it's like, where are you when you're doing this? And he says, I'm in between. And so you mean you're in between? You're in between incarnations. My understanding um, in a nutshell is that we can uh, be reborn or um, we can return as many times as we feel necessary in order to um, raise our spiritual life. Um, I'll give you another example. Okay. Um, I, I believe that 
the difference between the spiritual and the physical incarnation that you and I are in right now is not unlike uh, taking a course in college or high school that had a lab and a lecture. The lecture is the spiritual side and the lab is earth. Wow. You get messages, you learn about things in, in, in the lecture, but until you get your hands a little messy, they're kind of just abstract concepts. That makes sense for you? That makes so much sense that it almost brings me to tears in a very joyous way because that's kind of how I felt my whole life. And unlike you, I didn't suffer from trauma early in my life, but um, in my much later life, I had um, what I would consider, you know, a personal tragedy, which is my son was separated from me, uh, not legally. And uh, we're still in contact and, you know, things will improve, but it's uh, it's been hard. And so basically the only way I've been able to inculcate that without becoming a mean, selfish person who becomes bitter is to really look at it as, okay, this is a unique experience for you to deal with. And you're not really just this guy who was born and is going to die. There's a much more complex layer to existence. This is just a dimension. And so when you said it, it just clicked. Like I'm in a lab playing with the emotions of like a desire for equity, uh, sometimes the temptation for revenge, you know, uh, judging others, uh, not understanding forgiveness to the full extent that it's available to me. So it helps, it helps to hear that. Um, so do you ever, use your psychic abilities for yourself and on yourself. Is that even accessible? Sure. I mean, there are times when, I mean, I'll be, it, right, the short answer is it's easier to read other people I don't know or care about as much as same my, <laughs> myself, my immediate family. That's cool. My own prejudices. I mean, do I, do I want my daughter to be extremely successful? Yes. Do I want her to have a, a she's pregnant. Do I want everything to go perfect. Of course. Otherwise I'd be a monster. <laughs> Do I want my wife to be happy and successful in her work? What kind of person wouldn't want? So I kind of have to like shove actively push this stuff aside to, to look at that. So, uh, but when a client calls, I mean, I have the uh, objectivity of being able to say, okay, this is what I'm getting for you without prejudice, without my desire for a set outcome. Because uh, let's say, for example, if I told every single woman who called me, hey, you're going to marry that guy. You're going to meet him. He's going to be great. He's going to be handsome. He's going to make some... I go to psychic hell. <laughs> I don't want to go to psychic hell. It's weird because I wrote a fiction book, but uh, I don't mention psychic hell by name, but I definitely have um, – that's the main quandary of the the – character the protagonist of the book is that he wants to not be a psychic and he has to be one and he wants to just be a normal person and then he's trying to like use it at one point to bed a woman in a hotel and then he you know stops and blah 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 but the point is uh i like when my active imagination matches things like this which a lot of this interview is actually doing for me so um another question i had along the way as you were talking is um you said like I can't just suddenly be a psychic. I have to prepare. What exactly is a preparation for you? What's that process look like? Oh, it's, it's very uncomplicated. It's gotten less complicated over time. The idea is that I have to clear my head. I have to think, don't have to, I don't want to think about, oh, I've got to pay the phone bill. Oh, there's other people are coming here later to work on the, you know, blah, blah, blah. I have to put myself in a place where I'm alert, get focused, and, um, but relaxed. And so I, I always meditate 20, 30 minutes before a client calls. And that to me is, I mean, you can meditate by simply counting your breath. The idea is that if you focus on one thing, you're not going to be able to, you won't focus on everything. Uh, uh, Mike, I can tell that you're, you're a guy that you, you can multitask because 
you've cultivated that. You can do multiple things at once. You're looking ahead. You're looking behind. You're looking at, you're managing a lot of things simultaneously. But when I'm doing this work, in fact, I usually ask people, please call me. So I'll set up you know, my, my phone so that all I have to do is hit a button and we're communicating. Because I don't really like fussing with technology too much prior to a reading. I want to and, and then and the only thing that might resemble a ceremony or something is I will light a candle because the candle is a, a lovely focal point. It allows me to drift off. And I can then I start to basically, there's two things. Clear my head of my own junk that doesn't matter right now. Mm-hmm. Set it aside. Put it in a box. Put it on a shelf. And I've done this even under duress where I'm, there's some something that very – in fact, I, I find that if you can do this – Let's say you're going through a personal uh, tumultuous time. People who call me are not calling me because everything is perfect and I just want confirmation. They're calling with, a, you know, does she love me? Does he love me? Am I going to get fired? Is that is that a bump or is it cancer? You know, I mean, people, I get into all of this. Mm-hmm. And so I, so I have to put my own thoughts and stuff on a, on a shelf and then I can come back and it's actually – kind of a real relief being able to let go of the things that I'm dealing with at a moment. And life for me, I feel very blessed in so many ways, but we all have moments where it's like, God, I've got to just put this out of my head and and be prepared so that when my client calls, I'm again, not some guy sitting there with a dumb look in my face. Yeah, no, this, this makes a ton of sense. And, um, and I'm curious what happens like, as far as like the metaphysical purpose of you being a psychic and like the journey you're on and the journey I'm on, uh, does any of that get explained to you? Like meaning, um, when I was in my twenties, I would have called you and been like, am I going to be successful? Is this career going to, you know, and now if I were to talk to you, I would just say, is there anything I should know about? Like that's, it's such a different attitude that I have at 42 from like when I was in my twenties. It's a much better question because um, that's the thing I always tell people, you know what, let me see what I get for you first, and then you can ask your questions. Oh, that's cool. I like that. It's, it's, a per- it's a sensible thing to do. So why did I get this? I think I was uh, supposed to take the worst thing that ever happened in my life, the death of the murder of my dad, and try to make something out of it, try to cope with it. Really, it wasn't about making something out of it. It was about coping with it. And then recognizing also, too, that um, what it's worth, I went through a clinical depression when I was younger, and my psychic ability kind of blew up when I started changing how I um, approached life. I started to, you know, rather than just see certain things, I uh, kind of opened the radar up to all kinds of things. So I went from being kind of shut down to throwing all the windows and doors open on a winter's day and feeling every snowflake, every breeze, every, everything. And it was pretty shocking, but it was wonderful and um, essential and healing. So I think that being uh, aware of the messages you get can be very personally healing. I think it could help you develop as a person more fully at both the spiritual and physical, emotional, because you're going to get lots of messages. And also, too, then it puts me in this wonderful place where I can be of service to people. And I'm always, and I'm not, I mean, I get a lot of times where people say, I don't understand it. And I say, that's okay. 
wait a bit, you know, and let's see what happens. Come back later because I'm not just here to validate what you know. I'm here to give you something that you may not see coming. And if you don't see it right now, that's okay. You know, and just let's wait a bit. And I, and it's like, I've learned to just say to people, I, I know you don't understand. I, that's all right. Just write it down, make a note of it. Because also too, there's this kind of funny thing and it's, it's part of being human where people are, they talk to a psychic and they get all kind of twisted up. And, uh, you know, I'll say there's a guy here, his name begins with a J, J um, short name, J. And he's telling you blank, 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 blank. And he says he's your husband. And says, my husband's name wasn't J, it was Joe. So, well, I said it was a short name that began with the J. That's great. And then Joe would never, and, and then he'd never say that. It's like, well, you know what? I kind of, his name kind of out of the blue, you know, so to speak. And so if you choose not to listen, and but, oh, and it just goes on and on like that. It's like, um, I'm hearing that you're going to have a cardiovascular problem that you need to address. Uh, it feels like, but my heart is, I've never, no one has ever told me, how to, I mean, yeah, they, yeah. They, they accidentally validate, you know, but my heart attack was three years ago. Well, uh, all right. Well, it's not done with, you know, you, you need to be doing more, you know, and it's just kind of hysterical. It's very funny, and it's also ironic that a lot of people like go to see a, a psychic because they say they're skeptical, but I know that that's just their front. So they really believe in it, and they want to believe in it, but they want to go in with like the confidence. And then it's also hilarious to be like... I've, I've read, you know, books, as I did my research, I read both sides. You know, I read people who are like, psychics don't exist, it's not real, and, you know, they talk about cold reading, and, like, I could see someone twisting that to being like, no, 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 you were, you being Mark, were cold reading them by saying it and then hearing their re response, but to me, that's ridiculous, but, uh, but there is one thing you said from a client asking you, you didn't say that you were able to do it, but I've always been hung up on the following, which is, if someone were to ask you, I'm going to use your literal example, is my boss going to fire me? I would think that's very complicated because the boss has free will and the person asking you the question has free will and the boss may or may not have decided if they're going to fire them yet. So is that true or is everything predetermined and it feels like free will? Like, do you have any, uh, any thoughts on that? Yes, I do believe in free will. And what I tell people, if all things remain the same, this is the likely outcome. So if you continue to go to work an hour late each day, slightly drunk, and making a lot of mistakes, it's very likely you're going to get fired. But if you, and I don't know that, but I mean, if they know it, but if I say, look, you know, I'm being told to tell you that if you make some adjustments, this can be rescued. This can be addressed. Because, I mean, if at a very basic level, if I thought that what I was telling everyone was absolutely chiseled in stone, I would see a lot less value in going to a psychic. I believe that we can make adjustments. In fact, it's almost like, I mean, I, I tell people, you know, I'm seeing you sliding on, you know, you're walking down a hill and you're hitting loose gravel. So what do you do with this information? I'm seeing it looks like a desert environment. All right, you're, you're going to the desert. Okay, good. All right, what it's telling me is that when you're out and about, and I'm seeing you turning an ankle, believe me, for some reason I get a lot of medical stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, if you're in that circumstance, take extra precautions so that you don't um, put yourself in a position where you could be sliding down in loose gravel. Um, take another path, go somewhere else. Uh, I had a client, she's become a very good client, where I told her, it's like, she lives up in Wisconsin, and I'm telling her, you know what, I'm seeing you 
crack your ankle. So what you do, and it looks like you're slipping on ice on a, on a messy porch. You're, you're really doing a job. So what you do with this information, like what you're saying, is um, put a lot of, if there's salt out, take a moment. I mean, if there's snow and ice on your porch, take a moment, catch your breath. Remember that that guy said, be careful, uh, salt it, or walk carefully or slowly. Um, I told this woman, you're going to mess up your ankle really bad. Be cautious around ice, okay? Just it, when it's snowing, um, look around, make sure that you're not putting yourself at risk. You're not listening to, you know, talking to someone absentmindedly as you, you know, slide out onto some hard surface. And so the joke was, she called me and she said, a year to the day you told me not to or to be careful about ice on my porch. I went out and fractured my ankle on my porch. <laughs> I said, well, and it's like, did you put ice down? I mean, salt down to take care of the icing? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> another question. This is not really related to what we just talked about, but it's another thing I've always been curious about. Um, can you tell, like if you were at a dinner party, could you tell if someone else was trying to like read your mind or, or be psychic about you? Do you get a feeling of like someone's digging into me or is that something that we as people just can't sense? I, I don't personally sense that. I haven't really felt it. Could I? I mean, I tell people, you know, what to, um, I mean, I get messages say, you know, it's okay for you to be more open. I mean, I, I really do get like visuals. Uh, it's like my guides will say, all right, I'm seeing someone walking around and they've got all their shields up, their flectors up. There's no one getting through this person. Like, it's okay for you to relax. You're not going to be harmed, mm -hmm. you know, but in terms of like psychic attacks, um, I do believe in protecting myself. I mean, I say, you know, the Lord's Prayer, I say Hail Marys, I also do a non-denominational. Um, I surround myself in the white light of love and divine protection. I will allow only positive energy to influence me. I will not allow the negativity of others to affect me in any way. So if I felt like, and I do get itchy bad energy about a place mm -hmm. or a group, mm -hmm. I'm hearing it's like, you know, I'm not really digging. There's something here that is annoying me. So I'm going to protect myself. And what it does is I do believe that if you ask, you shall receive. And that in this case, though, if you are conscious that something is not feeling uh, right or is out of sorts, um, be extra alert, ask for help, and keep your head on a swivel. So that's what I do. If I'm at a party where it's like, I don't like the way this is going. Mm -hmm. You know what? We really should go. But this isn't good. Or you're out somewhere in public and it's just like, I feel like I'm not, you know, do I feel safe here? Do I feel there's a threat here? You know, we should just be a little extra cautious. You know, and I, and I tell my wife that all the time. I mean, you know, we should pay attention to this, pay attention to that. And uh, so that's how I protect myself in an environment like that. No, that's perfect. That's a great answer. Uh, two quick questions because we are running up against the time. Um, one is you said the thing about like you try to help people like maybe they can change the course, but if they don't change the course, we're just headed where we're headed. Um, is there a time in your life where you've seen the course of humanity shift where you didn't think we would? Or has there been a time uh, where a client did that? I've seen clients make adjustments. I get general senses about like, you know, uh, my, my wife is curious. What do you feel about the you know, elections, politics? Mm -hmm. How do you think about the economy? And I get messages that I think that it's better to be cautious or 
this is not a good time to do this. But in terms of say, uh, with, with a client, I'll I'll tell him. I mean, I've I've had a, a great client who's come back to me many times, and and I've told him it's like you're too focused on say uh, this one individual in your life that she's not going to be particularly good for you. She's very complicated. I gave me an analogy. It's like they're dating on and off, and that he was like growing uh, rather rapidly, and she it's like. Think of it as like you're both trying to get to the other side of a lake. You're going straight across the lake, which the, the analogy was you're going to be in a much healthier place. She's hitting every little cove on the way around. She may get there, but you're going to be there a lot sooner. So you have to be prepared for the fact that you're going to be waiting for her. Do you want to wait for her? Do you want to wait for her to get her spiritual life in a better place? If uh, you don't, then um, re reimagine what this relationship could or should be like. Cut it off. Be patient. These are the options I think you have. That's great. I really, I, I love your approach. I love your attitude. I, um, I don't love your story because it involves the murder of your father, but I do love your story in the way that I'm sure you can understand. Um, meaning you've taken a great loss and you've made a great thing out of it and you've changed your life and your life is focusing on helping others. And I like that you give back too with the paranormal investigations. So um, we are wrapping up and I would love to have uh, your wife on at some point and perhaps have you on a second time because we do uh, offer that sometimes and you've just been a wonderful, wonderful guest. So I want to thank you before we do let you go. Um, I always give my guests just a chance to have the floor. Is there anything you'd like to say to our audience? Well, if you'd like, to, I do do readings. If you want to find me, or read about what I do, go to marknelsonmedium.com, marknelsonmedium.com. Also, too, if you're dealing with something that's really bothering you, do what I call uh, take a seven-minute vacation. A seven-minute vacation is a brief meditation. Learn to meditate. Start out 30 seconds, 60 seconds, but find some time. And when you get to a place where you can find a little quiet space in your head, you're going to find that you get answers uh, not only from yourself, but perhaps unexpected and helpful sources. That's wonderful. I love it. I absolutely love it. Seven minute vacations, everyone. Seriously, take a moment to think about that and write that down. And also um, the notes for how to find you will be in the podcast, but he mentioned the website at loud too. So please head over and give your support to Mark Christopher Nelson. And uh, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really do appreciate it. And uh, to everyone listening at home, as always, this is Mike Oppenheim. You've been listening to Coffin Talk. And the best way to support the show is to head over to MikeyOp.com. That's M-I-K-E-Y-O-P-P.com and sign up for the weekly newsletter, which also uh, hits you onto the podcast and the other bonus materials we do um, once again you have been listening to coffin talk my name is mike oppenheim and we will see you soon